Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we walk through the strange paradiso. I have a couple of things that I am going to share with you today. And the first one is uh, something that happened to this person in the 1970s. So in the mid-1970s, there were these two brothers, okay? So the person that's telling the story, his name is Don. So Don is saying that this was about 1974. They lived in Arkansas at the time in a rural wooded area. So sometimes at night, him and his brother, maybe some friends or cousins would go night hiking. I mean, this wasn't anything that was uh, new or that they never did. They would do this from time to time, especially when the weather became nicer, when there was no school, maybe on break or whatever, and they would do quite a bit of night hiking. So they actually lived in a two-story house, okay? Even though they were in a not a neighborhood like we know today, where there are just blocks of houses and rows of houses. They still had neighbors. They had uh, people who lived across the street, but not close to the other houses. It was more spread out. So their wooded area was like in the backyard. Their backyard was like two and a half acres. Some of it was kind of mountainous. It wasn't an area where they could just use all of the land, even it was only two and a half acres. So this one particular area, they would like to walk up to the tallest point and they would sit there at night. They would look at the stars. They would just hang out and talk and things like this. So him and his brother actually went for this walk on this particular evening And he said, as they were walking, their usual path to go to the top of the one hill, he said that they saw something on the ground up ahead. So as they got closer to it, they realized that it was a clown that was lying on the ground. And so they stopped And they were both kind of stunned as to what they were seeing. This clown either looked like it was dead or asleep. So as they just kind of like stepped back, like, what? It's a clown doing here. This clown rolled over and looked at them and got this big smile on his face. So Don and his brother took off running. You can imagine that even though it's only two and a half acres, when you are confronted with something like that, he said, it seemed like it took forever just to get close to the house, just in like the normal size of a backyard close to the house. And they could hear this clown running behind them and laughing. So, They get to the back door, they run in the house, they close the door, they're both panting, they're out of breath. They don't hear anything else. 
And so they tell their parents as they're going upstairs, what happened to them? There was a clown. It was lying on the ground. We thought it was dead. We thought it was just a costume. It got up and started chasing us. So for some reason, they go into the upstairs family room where the window overlooks like the street in front of them to the house across the street. They see this clown run from the side of their property to the house across the street where there are some bushes halfway to the front door, like a hedgerow, where this clown just kind of like disappears behind these bushes, maybe crouching down, they weren't sure. So their parents are asking them, where was this clown, where to go? And they're like, it went in the front, they went, it went across the street. So their parents, along with another neighbor who just happened to be hanging out, went across the street. The boys are yelling to them. They're, the clown is behind that bush right there. And there's no clown. There's no nothing. Don and his brother are like, no, there's no way. That clown ran behind there. It must be crouching down. We've been here looking the whole time and it never reappeared. Because no matter where this thing would have went, if it would have went off to the side, if it would have come out from behind the bushes, if it would have just ran forward, I mean, it couldn't run forward too much because it would have smacked into the house itself. But they did not see that clown reappear. What happened was, okay, it's... uh. It's okay. We don't know where this thing went. Maybe you guys, maybe it was just a lighting. Maybe it was just something. It couldn't have been a clown. There's nothing here. There's no one here. So the next day, they're walking and Don's dad is saying, okay, I want you guys to show me the spot where you saw this clown laying, laying on the ground. So they walk up to the spot they know exactly where it is. He was laying right there. Now, Don said this clown was like curled up in a fetal position, laying on the ground. And when they got close enough to it, it just kind of like uncurled and turned around. And that's when it looked at them. And lying right there in that spot where they saw that clown was a red with yellow polka dots clown nose. So there was evidence of something. There was, in my opinion, evidence of a real clown sighting. Now, what this thing really was, we don't know. Was it a person? I don't believe so. Um, but what it really was, is anyone's guess. Whatever it was, it wasn't anything good. But um, there was evidence. Now, did anyone pick that thing up? No. No one touched that clown nose. No one wanted to. Not even their dad. They didn't even want, bother digging a hole and putting that thing in the hole. They just like walked away from it 
And he told them, okay, I don't want you guys going any further than whatever landmark that they had in their backyard for the time being until, you know, they believed that it would be okay and be safe. So there were no more night hikes, at least not there in their yard. But Don said that after that, he didn't want to go on any more night hikes anywhere in the vicinity because he felt that this thing was still there. He said, we never saw it leave. It like it went behind that bush and planted itself there. He said, so in my opinion, it's still there somewhere, whatever this thing was, okay? So time passes and as people are, we're all so curious. So what these boys did with a couple of their friends they knew they weren't supposed to go walk past a certain location of their yard, but they continued out anyways because they wanted to show these guys, their friends, the clown nose. And it was gone. He said, I don't believe that enough time had passed for that nose to uh, go anywhere. It wasn't windy like that nose to roll away somewhere. He said it hadn't rained there was no type of uh, weather that would cause that thing to just disappear. But it was not there. It was nowhere. They went and looked around the area a little bit to see if maybe somehow it had rolled off somewhere. But no, it was nowhere. And he said, not only that, but that particular area was flat. It couldn't have rolled anywhere. There was no embankment that it could have rolled down or anything like that. He said, if it would have rolled anywhere, we would have still been able to see it because it was in a flat area. So I can um, imagine that that was a traumatizing experience for these guys, and that's why they remember it so well. I mean, you're looking at 1974, and to remember it like it was yesterday is because this thing has been imprinted, like branded, in their minds. So, um, yeah, I, as far as they know, as far as Don knows, nothing else ever happened. There was never any type of disturbance or activity at the people across the street, the neighbors at their house or anything like this. So it's, it's kind of, um, I think about these type of things and wonder if, Something like that would have happened today with everyone having video capability on the outside of their houses and so on. If this would have been caught on video or would it just be like a a light source moving or a darkness moving or would it have actually caught this image? It's... um. Just one of those things that I think about once in a while. Would it have caught that complete image? Yeah, just the thought of this thing chasing and laughing is um, really creepy to me. I I find that story pretty creepy because um, while I don't have an aversion to clowns at all, I'm not affected by clowns. Like A lot of people are just creeped out about clowns. They don't want anything to do with it. I don't have that that odd. I don't feel that way about clowns. Just like I don't feel that way about dolls either. Even some of those 
Delves out a lot of people think are really creepy looking because they're like porcelain and they lay down and the eyes close and they sit up and the eyes open, those old fashioned ones. I don't have really an aversion to those either. Um, but recently, now this is very recent, okay? When it comes to Dallas, I have heard that they're called Dallas because they're really idols, okay? Because they're made in someone's image. And especially a long time ago, they actually used to make these things in the child's image who was going to be the owner of this particular doll, as well as even using human hair to make it more lifelike. I mean, as lifelike as a porcelain doll can be. But um, that, I guess, changes the dynamics because of um, the human aspect that's being put into these things. And also, when you're talking about idols, okay, that for me is a big red flag. And so I, while I don't um, necessarily, I'm not creeped out by them, I also don't own them. So anyways, that is, um, that's just me. Okay, now this next story is very strange. And it's a story of this guy, Jimmy, okay? So when Jimmy first graduated high school and got a job and he was going to college and he was working part-time, and at the time, he said it wasn't that difficult because this was in the early 80s and things were still like pretty affordable. Like he didn't have to live at home while he was going to college. He could actually get a part-time job and be able to afford his apartment and things like that. So he lived in his apartment alone. He even, he said, bought a brand new car. So he was working part-time, going to college, bought a brand new car. He said it wasn't an expensive car, but it was brand new anyways. And, um, you know, he was living alone. So he goes out to his car one morning and he was living in an apartment. So he was, his car was in a carport. He unlocks his car and he says, even as I was walking to my car, I noticed something, but I, you know, he really didn't think too much about it. Now, this is at a time where tinted windows weren't like the thing like they are today. Like today, we know that tinted windows is actually a benefit for your car interior, for the occupants, and um, there are a lot of benefits to that, okay? But at this time, he said there were no tin. He didn't have tinted windows. And there were just like few people who had them at the time. But all his windows, including his rear window, his two rear side windows, and all of them, they were not tinted. So as he's walking to his car, he notices something on the dashboard. So he unlocks his car, which you had to do with put the key in the little keyhole and turn it and then open your door. There were no like um, fobs for this car. And he said there was a dowel. It was kind of like a Barbie style dowel that was on top of his dashboard, sitting in a sitting position on top of his dashboard. 
So he stood there looking and was freaked out, okay? He didn't have anyone living with him. His car was brand new. It's not like anyone else had a key. He didn't know what to do. So immediately he went around to the passenger side. He said, just to make sure that it was locked. He could see that it looked like it was locked, but he wanted to make sure maybe somebody came in there and placed it there for some reason, whatever. So he went around. Nope. The passenger side door was locked. So he goes back around to the driver's door. He closes it. He goes back upstairs to his apartment, looks for his spare key. Now, maybe someone had his spare key. Nope. His spare key was hanging on the hook where he kept it. So he's like, okay, now I don't want to go down there. I don't want to touch that thing. I don't know how it got in there. So what he did was <laughs> he got a pair of those um, big, long clipper scissor things that you cut the bushes with. And he picked up that dowel and tossed it in the trash can. He says, now that happened so over 40 years ago. I mean, this was like 1980. He said, I don't know how that dowel got in my car to this day. I don't know. And he would tell people and they would just look at him like, okay, you're making it up. Um, you need to put the pipe down. You know, they would say all kind of things like that to him. And he's like, no, I'm telling you the truth. That is something that really happened to me. So I don't know how creepy that experience is, but um, I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have just opened that passenger door and then got something and swatted that thing out. I don't even know if I would be able to... Um, Put it in the trash can. So it's um, it is a. Uh, I think it's a pretty creepy experience. Okay, now this last one that I want to share with you. This is something that I cannot take credit for. This is like a uh, maybe a third party story. Okay, because I read this, and it's something that. I've been thinking about it ever since I read it. So it's one of those um, truck driver stories, the drivers that drive across country and deliver things and this and that. So this happened, I'm thinking maybe eight to 10 years ago. I'm not sure. But this driver was telling the story that he was driving cross country. He was driving down a like a country type of road. It was not a big highway. It was actually a way to get to the main highway quicker. I guess kind of like a shortcut. And it was a two lane road. Okay, one lane going each way. So as he's driving, he sees this ball bounce across this road. It comes from the right, bounces in front of him, and then bounces off the road. 
He said there were no ditches on the sides of the road. It was flat, but it was um, there was nothing there. It was just raw, empty land, like fields. So immediately, he figured if there's a ball bouncing across this road, there might be a child running after it. Now, mind you, it didn't strike him that it was like 2 a.m. until later. So he stops his truck and he looks to the right, he looks to the left, he's waiting for someone to come running after that ball. Now, he gets out of his truck. Are you kidding me right now? Like, why would you do that? So anyhow, he gets out of his truck. He walks in the front of his truck. He goes around to the right and looks. He doesn't see anyone. Then he walks back and he looks to the left where the ball went. And there's no sound. There's no nothing. And that's when he finally realizes what in the heck am I doing? It's like after 2 a.m. What kid is going to be out here in the middle of nowhere throwing a ball? So he gets back in his truck and starts putting it in drive and starts going. He says he heard something. It sounded like someone calling out but he wasn't sure because of the noise of his engine of his truck. But he didn't see anything. He said, I saw nothing at all. One of the reasons, he said, because it was pitch dark, pretty much the only illumination was from the headlights of my truck because there, was, there were no street lights here. It was a country road. Yeah. Where did that ball come from? Now, obviously, the reason why this happened and it bounced right in front of him is because to get his attention, for he would stop. Perhaps the intent was for him to go off to the left to try to get that ball or to try to see if that ball really did bounce right in front of him on the road. But anyhow, if that was the intention, it did not work because he didn't go out there and look for the ball. He said, because of uh, one of the reasons, he realized, oh, it's like after 2 a.m. So he got back in his truck and then just continued on his way. He went on to state that it's just one of those things that um, he thinks about every now and then, what might have happened had he taken that short little walk to go and look for the ball just to prove even to himself that he actually did see this thing you know it wasn't his imagination so anyhow the next time he stopped and I guess he spoke to someone, another trucker guy, um, about his experience that um, he learned that there were different types 
of things that would happen. Different types of reports of strange things happening on that road in that vicinity of where he had his experience. So what causes those type of things to happen out there? I mean, I think of um, many different scenarios. One of them could actually be like maybe people who are just maybe camping out, maybe around there, maybe they live out there on the land who are up to no good. So they see something that, oh, a, a potential whatever the heck that they can do. So let's go ahead and throw that ball out there and see. Or it could be something else. It could be many other things. But um, yeah, when you're talking about places that are less traveled and maybe hardly traveled at all in these type of locations, that just, to me, the creep factor goes way up, okay? These things may be in a neighborhood, maybe on a busy highway here in Southern California. We have two-lane roads out here by where I live, but it still wouldn't be that big of a deal, really, if a ball went across the road in the middle of the night because there are still people around here. It's not empty like it is in many of those other places, especially then when we're looking at things that happened like close to 10 years ago and beyond. A lot of places weren't built up even at that time like they are today. So um, it just makes it all the more mysterious. Like, okay, maybe a car travels down this road every five hours. So Who's going to be out there waiting for that one car, you know, in the middle of the night? I mean, we think about things like that. Where in a busier area, oh, you know that you're going to get some cars. So it would be like less of a waste of time to try to scare people or pull a prank like that, you know, in a busy area. So those are just like some of the things that have been reported. And um, as we continue on, we're just going to talk about more things like this. Now, when we were talking about AI um, the last time, and I was mainly asking the question about these types of things, because it is called artificial intelligence, but that artificial, okay, just means that it's not human. So what could it be? What could be taking up the place, okay, of artificial? And it's been reported now that these things, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, I mean, there are a few reports coming in that these things are actually becoming sentient, okay? And that's one of the things that I was getting at when I was talking about AI. They're actually kind of like taking on an artificial life of their own. They're gaining knowledge on their own. So 
it's a very, very strange thing to me, as well as now I hear that some of these AIs are actually generating avatars for themselves, for, I mean, come on, this is really becoming um, like bigger and at a very fast pace. And we've all heard the stories about some of these um, AI type of deals possessing things like Alexa and uh, some of these other types of deals. And um, they start talking and making up languages of their own and all of this stuff. So I have to think, are they making up languages of their own really? Or are they actually just speaking in languages that we don't know? There are just so many sides to to all of this. Another one, I mean, is... Well, I'll talk about that later. I don't want to get too deep into this right now because I really am running out of time here. But, um, yeah, we're not done talking about... AI, because this thing is going to get bigger. There are um, many who say that they will be out of a job. They believe before they're able to retire in certain um, things that they do. They say, yeah, I don't feel that I'm going to be able to retire from this job. I believe that maybe we'll get some kind of uh, severance and just be let go because they'll be able to save more money by using AI. As well as they believe that it would be more detailed and as far as analysis and all this other kind of stuff. So we're going to, um, I believe, hear more and more about it because once again, guys, once a particular technology is discovered and brought forth to the public and corporations and other people can actually use this and it's cost effective, they can save money, it's never going to go back. We're never going to turn around and um, go back to how it used to be. So... Another one of those things that we're just going to have to uh, keep an eye on. And uh, anyways, guys, that's pretty much all that I've got for today. I'm going to try to be back on Wednesday and bring some more um, stuff that we like to talk about. Hopefully, as we go, because I'm always digging, I'm always like digging and scouring for creepy stories to me, because it's very difficult for me to get creeped out. Um, I know people who they don't even want to hear anything that I have to talk about. I mean, even things that are just so generic to me and so unspooky to me, but they are creeped out by it. So I guess um, each person, each one of us, okay, it depends how much we can take, okay? Because they are all varying degrees, varying percentages. And so, yeah, 
everybody always tries to, especially so many years ago, oh, you got to see this movie. It's going to scare you. Oh, and that, and I'm like, no, you know what? It didn't scare me. But maybe that's good because um, maybe I just don't need to be scared. I don't know. But also, when you've had a lifetime of weird and strange and eerie and creepy, it becomes more and more difficult. Um, the last thing, I said that before, huh? but I'm going to say it again. The last thing that I want to say is, and this goes back to, and I shared this with you guys, but this has been like a few years ago when I told you this. There is this um, hotel that is in Los Angeles, okay? We would stay there when we would go and visit my grandparents sometimes. And um, we would stay at this place. And we liked it because it had a, a really cool pool and you could order like to have your whatever brought out to you, your food, whatever, at the pool and all of this stuff. And so we used to have a good time there. The only thing about this place, oh, and it was close to everything. Like, it was close to restaurants. It was close to all these other things. Uh, it wasn't too far from, like, Alvera Street and Chinatown and all of these places. So it was kind of central to a bunch of stuff. The only thing was that one of the rooms was... It had a big window, like a picture window, and it was downstairs. And that picture window was right there, like by the sidewalk. So you'd open those curtains, and that picture window was like pretty much right on the sidewalk. So if anyone was walking by, you could almost, okay, if the window was open... I'm exaggerating a little bit, okay? But you could almost touch them, almost. And then there was a main street that was beyond the sidewalk. And across the street, there was a restaurant and then there was like a um, car dealership and all this other stuff. My sister and I were up and it was like, it must have been after midnight. And we were just hanging out. And we had been sitting right there at that table by that window, okay? So if anyone walked by, we would just like be almost face to face with them. So we're sitting there and we're talking. Uh, we were eating something and drinking our soda. And... um my dad comes in and my dad has had like, like if he would have like five lifetimes of strange experiences. I mean, this guy has just had it all, okay, with these experiences. So anyways, because we had the curtains open and we're sitting there and he says, you know, if you are sitting here, at 3 a.m., because it must have been getting close, maybe 3 a.m. It was after midnight sometime. He's like, if you're still sitting here at 3 a.m., that's when the all the the spook stuff happens. And it's like, okay, dad, whatever. And he's like, okay, you don't believe me. 
That's when all this spooky stuff happens, when they all come out. Well, I never really knew why he told us that at the time. Because we were young and we didn't believe him. At that time, I had never like had conversations with him about certain things. We were too young for that. So it's like, okay, dad, whatever. We're just going to sit here until we're ready to go to bed and we're fine. We're not going outside. Not that anything happened, okay? I can still picture that place. Now, I'm, I'm not going to tell you guys that we saw anything out that window on that particular night or anything like that because we didn't. But it would just be a thought in my mind all the time. Like, why did he say that? So it wasn't until later on that I asked him, well, what do you mean like 3 a.m. if we're still there? Anytime from midnight, mainly, okay? Midnight to 3 a.m., he said. That's when you see the strangest things. That's when the, all the spooky stuff happens. So, I mean, we do know that things and activity takes place in the day, uh, all times of day, all times of night. So what he left out when he told me this was the diabolical, okay? So it wasn't until years later that I realized such things as inversion and um, how certain things are used, okay, backwards, like in Black Mass and how the diabolical uses 3 a.m. because it's in direct contrast with Christ on the cross at 3 in the afternoon. And I realized that he was right. So, sometimes we miss certain things. Sometimes we don't always grasp it at the time it's told to us or shown to us. But in retrospect and in hindsight, we might realize, hey, so-and-so told me this and I never really understood why or understood what they meant, but now I do. Now, I'm not going to tell you either that hindsight is always 2020 because it always isn't. From time to time, okay, it is. But not always. Whoever said that, no, that's not true. I know that many times I look back and, no, it's not always 2020. I'm still as foggy about it now as I was then. So, no, I don't turn around too many times, but keep moving forward. Unless something happens and you remember something someone said to you from in the past that you can relate to now. So that's all I've got for today. Um, once again, I try to be back on Wednesday. And um, I want to thank you all so much for joining me, for taking this walk with me. Please, you can always contact me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. You know that I'm going to have to move the Paradiso, to a different app. I don't know which one it's going to be yet. So um, once again, if you want to stay in our little group, in our little walking group, and continue 
to walk and move forward with all of us. And you can't find the Paradiso. You can always contact me. Ciao.